Marie, and today I'm here with Ruben Torres from Love Thy Neighbor. I'm very excited to have you on, Ruben. I know it's taken us a few tries <laughs> to get this going, right? No, sorry about the last time. Hey, it's life, right? That's yeah, what yeah, happens. Yeah. So yeah. we're here now, and it's all about timing. Um, Ruben, um, tell my listeners a little bit about who you are today. Um, well, I'm an executive director of uh, Love Thy Neighbor Movement, uh, grassroots nonprofit in the South Bay of San Diego. Um, we founded in uh, in 2010, like we actually started mm-hmm. doing stuff. Became a nonprofit in 2016, and uh, we just out doing some some good in the hood. Yeah, you know? and uh, just trying to make things happen where uh, where we see that there's a need, you know, there's a void. So we're just trying to trying to do some good in the hood. Yeah. yeah. Where did uh, where did this all start? Where did the concept of Love Thy Neighbor start? Um, Love Thy Neighbor started in uh, in 2010. Uh, a friend of mine was doing a he was working on a documentary in Tijuana on on uh, it was human trafficking. The whole thing was all human trafficking, and my little brother at the time happened to know some people down there that were involved in some stuff and. So he said, dude, we can go down there and do some interviews, you know, with some guys from the neck down, you know, so that they're not seen. Yeah. So we're like, all right, cool, let's go down there. And I was helping him shoot some stuff. So um, when we went down there, we, we met this guy who was deported. He was from L.A. and he was deported down there. And, um, and so he was kind of our, you know, our go-to guy. And he was telling us, you know, kind of his background on everything and what he was doing. And, and uh not that he was proud of it. It's just that that's just what it was, you right. know. But um, so when we wrapped up, um, we're taking him back home, and um, we said, "Hey, man, you know, we're gonna come back next week. Is there anything you want us to bring you?" And uh, and he asked for a basketball, and so I was like, "All right, quick." Cool. Kind of chuckled a little bit. I'm like, "Dude, what are you gonna do with the basketball?" You I'm know, sure that surprised you. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, "You're as tall as me. I know you ain't playing ball." You know what I'm saying? I'm like, "Come on, dude." <laughs> But uh, he was like, no, no, not for me. You know, for the, the kids in the neighborhood, there's a basketball court right down the street, and the kids don't ever play because there's no nothing to play with, you know. And uh, and just seeing that come out of his heart, like, you know, him wanting to do something like that. And then uh, he got quiet a little bit, and he said, you know, I've done so much bad. Can you help me do this one good thing? Do something good. And yeah. so I was like, wow, you know. And as a, as a believer, I was like, dude, this is how we should be thinking. You know, and so, you know, it was, it was some conviction, but at, at the same time, it was a seed that was planted in my heart. So I was like, dude, let us come back and bring you a bunch of stuff, you know. And so, um, so you know, I think it was like November, you know, I don't I, I don't remember the exact timing, but it was, um, it was close time to do a toy drive, you know. Yeah, so I was like, I just finished doing some stuff with, uh, with Nitty's Tattoo. Okay. And so... Um, so I was like, hey, you know, can you guys let me borrow your, your space in Chula Vista and, uh, and do, you know, like collect toys? And um, they were like, yeah, man, do, do whatever you want. So just put the word out, social media, and um, that was the, the birth of it. You know, I reached out to, to Beto um, mm-hmm. and uh, Beto Perez, and he's been with us since day one, and he DJed. And um, it was just like a day of like, hey, here's some live music, like some, you know, DJ. We had a couple of like regular artists come out and we we're just out there just jamming out all day and people were stopping by, dropping off toys and clothes and food and stuff. And uh, it was, it was, 
you know, it was based for our neighbors to the south, right. you know, for, for TJ. And so we called it Love Thy Neighbor. It's the words of Jesus, you know. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it was kind of like it makes sense, you know. Right. And, uh, and so it just kind of stuck. And I was like, all right, I'm going to keep it, Love Thy Neighbor. And, and uh, in 2000, I think, 12, um, we, we did the event again. We did it in, in Barrio Logan. Um, that was the second year we did it in Barrio Logan. And mm-hmm. we started receiving packages um, from uh, Chicago, from Texas, from Arizona, from Las Vegas, of people just sending us like, oh, here's some socks, here's some underwear, here's some you know, toys and here's stuff, you know, for you guys to take TJ. And uh, I think it was like uh, Milo was was there and he was like, dude, you know, this is turning into a movement, dude, this is crazy. And so we just added the movement to Love Thy Neighbor, yeah. Love Thy Neighbor movement. And it was kind of stuck and that's kind of what it was. And, uh, and you know, it's it's kind of evolved into a bunch of other stuff. And, right. Um, and it's, it's just kind of been a blessing to see it grow now, you know, to where it's at. So... Right, and what a beautiful way for it to just organically start building on its own, yeah. like right around you, and you're like, all of a sudden, yeah. like, wow, this is a movement, yeah. this is not even yeah. meaning to create it, but that's how it came about, which yeah. makes it more powerful, you know? Um, Speaking words, we were talking earlier how raw everything was. Oh, yeah. Right as we started to do this, a big old, <laughs> I don't even know what kind of truck that is, but this is the beauty of, of being live and doing live podcasting. This is part of my enjoyment with yeah, it, right. you know. <laughs> so, so for the for the listeners, we are in a warehouse style uh, environment um, that we share with uh, with Community Through Hope. They opened up their doors for Love Thy Neighbor to come in, and so we've been um, we created kind of like this classroom vibe. And so every day I open up this uh, this warehouse door, and you just never know what to you expect. Never know what you're gonna get. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're we're on the on the border of Chilvista National City and uh, this is a real big um, this area is really like grassroots um, for for the unsheltered like there's a lot of unsheltered here yeah and yeah. so um, so you never know I've had guys come in and just want prayer hey man can someone pray with me and we sit here we pray with you know with people and some people want food some people just want an ear some people just are looking for money it doesn't matter you know right. but, we get all kinds of, of uh, different visitors here, some divine appointments and some stuff. You're just like, all right, what's going on? You know, right. but uh, and it's not just like you guys haven't just created a safe space. I mean, you guys are creating resources, like uh, yeah. easy access to resources. Yeah. Tell me about the organization um, that you're working with here in the building. Yeah. Uh, Community through hope, they're um, they're a sister agency. And uh, they moved into this building in, uh, I think, November last year. Okay. And uh, they opened the, the doors for us to come in. And, um, and we've been working with them ever since. But they're like a resource and hub um, for all things, for anyone that's unsheltered, you know. Yeah. Um, around here, they don't call them homeless. It's, it's The approach is very, um, uh, dignity is, is okay. one of the main things. Um, they they help you with they they you come in and and uh, there's case managers up front and they assess you and they figure out what the needs are everything from from being housed to um, uh, drug and alcohol treatment to mental illness to um, 
criminal background, whatever you may need help with, like they're they're a resource for all things, you know. Um, so there's people that just come in that um, need food, and uh, they're the first food bank in Chula Vista. So they work with the San Diego Food Bank and Feeding San Diego, and the, I think the difference is um, they work only on nutrition. So they don't give you. You don't come here and get chips and cake and yeah. all that stuff. Everything here is nutrition. Um, they have a, <coughs> a partnership with, um, with Starbucks where they get um, all the leftovers from Starbucks that doesn't sell yeah. from 25 different locations. Wow. And they pick up every day, seven days a week. Wow. So, uh, um, also, it, it, this is a drop-off location. When we were over at our other building, we had a big, huge room where people would just come drop stuff off all the time, like, oh, here's some clothes, you know, and um, some people wanted to go to TJ, some people wanted to stay here, just you know, doesn't matter. But um, we had a little bit of everything. We had furniture, we had um, household items, yeah, clothes. Yeah, I mean, it's cool to walk through yeah. Like, yeah. here and see, and like, see how much stuff you guys have, yeah. and it's very organized, yeah. too. Like, yeah. that's one thing I noticed yeah, right they, away. Like, they you are have good. to be with that much stuff coming yeah. in, right? They, they are very good at organizing. I'll tell yeah. You that. It was cool. Uh, last time when I came here, um, there was a woman that was here, and she was here getting some food. Yeah. And she was sitting down um, at the round table in the front with me, and she was um, she was eating her food, and she asked if she could speak to me. And she said, do you have a minute? And I said, sure. And she just started telling me that, um, that she hadn't had a home in years, wow. and that um, this place saved her life in so many different ways um, and she immediately just started tearing up and you can just feel the effect that this place has on mm-hmm. people um, you know and she was literally like if I didn't have this place I wouldn't have had anybody that would have reached out a hand to me mm-hmm. I didn't have people around me I don't have family I don't have mm-hmm. friends and she even says she goes some of that's my fault yeah. Um, you know, so she was like, and you can see that process of her taking responsibility yeah. of what she's done to, to where she's at right now. Yeah. But then you also see this light in her yeah. that's ready to receive so much more yeah. in this life, yeah. and that's an amazing thing. Yeah, most of the people that that are here um, working are have been clients, so it's it's not just like, you know, yeah, they mm-hmm. they come here and then you know they get help. And they continue to come back and they'll volunteer and once they volunteer they fall in love with the place and the right. and the cause behind and it. And they want to give back because yeah. they've taken yeah. so much, right? So some of the men that you'll see here are uh, are part of uh, the South Bay Pioneers up right up okay. the street yeah. and uh, and they're a sober living home. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so some of the guys come here and you know, volunteer and then they end up staying and you know, there's guys that are on staff as part of you know, they were once a client, you know, and so it, it does, it, it, it takes that effect on people, um, and I think, you know, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing, uh, yeah. and, you know, even with Love Thy Neighbor, we try to activate people, too, like, dude, it doesn't have to be with Love Thy Neighbor, it, like, just do something, right? you know, so, um, even, like, you know, it's for a different podcast, but even if you get a chance to, to talk to, like, our program director, um, mm-hmm. Araceli, you know, she could give you a whole other story on her connection with Love Thy Neighbor and why she calls it, you know, home to her. 
and uh, and she's all about it. She's like a foot soldier. Like this is yeah. this is her baby too now. You know, yeah. and and uh, and it, you know same type of story where you know she had reached out for help one day and now is like helping run everything. You know what I'm saying? And, right. she, and I got to meet her at yeah. um, one of the events um, that you had introduced me to her. And I'm such a hugger, so like yeah. I always <laughs> go in for the hug. <laughs> like, um, and I. Can, I met her right after she spoke and told a little bit about her story um, when she was there at the event and just, it, she just, that energy of hers yeah. is just flows out yeah, of her. Yeah, yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. Really, She's really awesome. powerful. Her, her and her husband are, are just awesome people and they, um, they do this with love. And, yeah. And, um, it shows. You can tell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the difference is like some people come like, oh, you know, just to fill in the checkbox of like. I did my religious duty and helped out or I right. I you know had community service and you know I'm here and gone but with her it's like no no like she loves to so help people genuinely yeah. it touched her yeah. yeah and yeah. she wanted to give back you yeah know. and so you know I think that's that's what that's what this is about I don't want to just like invite people to come do stuff but also like come be a part of it and if there's something that you like then make it yours like do something like create your own version of it or doesn't even have to be love thy neighbor like do your own create your own nonprofit. just do something and we're talking before we started recording we're talking about collaborations and how powerful it is to collaborate with other um, people and um, organizations in the community Um, it was really nice to see your guys's flyer go up for um, the art supply um, drive that you guys are doing for the prison um, art program. Um, it's um, La Chula Crew is yeah. someone that um, I love working with. And they had inspired me early on when they got started um, with their vision. Um, and I've worked with them a lot and they're amazing um, crew nice. of women out there. And it was nice to see them working with you guys and yeah. see their name on the flyer with you yeah. guys and stuff. That was really awesome. Yeah. Um, how did that come about for that program? Um, I think they had reached out to Andy um, Andy Gonzalez. He's he's art curator and he sits on our board too. And I um, love Andy. Andy's awesome. One of my favorite people. Out Andy there. knows everybody and everybody knows Andy. Yeah. And and if you don't know Andy, you're gonna look at him and be like, I know you from somewhere. He that's has that. how it happened yeah. with me. Yeah. That's yeah. That's exactly how it happened. And I was like, he has I know that you, look. I know you. Yeah. And we were like looking at each other like maybe we don't know each other. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I would see him. Everywhere, everywhere, yeah. everywhere I went, he was there yeah. representing. Yeah, he's that guy. He's that guy. Yeah, and I'm I'm honored and blessed to have him in you know, our board. Uh, so anything like that's art related, like that, yeah. people like always reach out to him, and then he kind uh-huh. of like filters stuff, and then he gets back. So um, he was like, hey, you know, there's this this crew that's going to be doing some stuff in Chula Vista, and um, how can we get involved, and what can we do? And um, so they had called me one day, and they're like, hey, so. Um, you know, we talked about the stuff. What, like, what can we? What's, what's the premise? Like, we didn't want to just like collect stuff or, right? Because you know, we talked about like the first idea was, um, oh, since you do the toy drive, like, let's collect toys. And I was like, ah, it's kind of too early. You know, I don't know. Right. I don't want to, you know. And so, since we've been working with with uh, the Soledad Arts Prison Program, mm-hmm. I was like, why don't we collect art supplies again? You know, we did it last year. Um, it's like let's just collect art supplies for them and then we'll send them up there or next time we go up we just deliver them you know there's some uh, right behind you there's some hats you can you can bring those over here if you want but we have some hats that um that we uh we 
took over to the um, Soledad State Prison okay. up in uh, up in Northern California, and these hats were were just blank white hats. So um, so memo from um, from the good Merc, he he uh, he took them up in one of our prison visits, and we left them there, and um, and then we left a bunch of art supplies that the community also um, donated, uh-huh. and so they sent these back, and there's like a dozen white hats that all have art on them and we display them at all our shows wow, and so um, since 2010 every since every time every time i do an art event i always show prison art and people uh people sometimes yeah you can check out the rest there's a lot of awesome work on there but um sometimes people like look down on that like right. on, on the whole prison thing right um you know i've had i've had friends that have been in prison family members that have been in prison and um, I think you know there, there's something that eats away at me from from you know being distant mm-hmm. when they were in prison right. being, being forgotten right and um, I had friends that you know that I'm like man I, what a bad friend I was like when you were in there I didn't write you um, forgot to send you money forgot to you know whatever it was and it's like dang like that's that sucks, you know, and um, and you know I have a friend who just got out. He spent, you know, he grew up with it. He spent 22 years in prison, and he just got out. And um, and he had invited us. Well, he had reached out and said, "Dude, I'm doing all this stuff in prison." And he had, he had already gotten a a degree in theology. He was working on a business degree. Wow. He was working okay. on all these different programs inside. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, he's telling me about all the cool stuff that, that they're doing inside. And I was like, dude, like, you guys are changing the world from inside. Right. You know, they were, they were um, collecting money to help a, a kid with tuition. Um, they were doing uh, uh, the cancer programs where they were doing the, the, um, the Relay for Life. And ah, they were like... That's so important for people to know. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that goes inside that people don't have wow. no idea about. And so... Um, they had collected, I think, the, f- the first time that we had went up, they collected, I want to say it was like $18,000. The time after that, it was like $13,000. And, dude, it was just crazy just to know, like, what? You guys are collecting? And so, you know, the, the, way, the way it works in prison, sometimes you only get, like, you know, $0.08 cents an hour or $0.12 cents an hour or whatever. Like, they don't give you jack, you know, for working. But, you know, you get money put on your books, and there's, you know, so some of the people were don- donating straight off of their books. You know, they were like, hey, I got $72 or I got $17 or whatever it might be, but they were all pitching in to help these causes. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to see that was was awesome, you know. Yeah. So, um, so he had reached out to me and he was like, hey, man, like, since you're doing all this art stuff out there, like, you know, we should get involved, do some stuff together because he, uh, he had started painting and he started sending me artwork. And so I was like, cool, man, send me more. We'll put it in our art shows. And so I started promoting prison art, you know. And uh, and then he's like, dude, we're going to do an art show in here. You know, can you come up and be a, a guest judge? And I was like, you're going to do an art show in the prison? I was like, this is kind of this kind of cool. This is interesting. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that's different. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so me and, uh, and our, our board chair, like, we went up there and... Um, and it was the the first time you go in. It was it's kind of surreal. You're just like, dude, you know, you hear all the the gates closing and you hear yeah. all the, 
And so at first, like when we first got into the main office, like we were kind of pacing and kind of like scared, like, dude, this is crazy. Yeah. And then we get in and it's just like, I can't believe I'm in a prison walking down the hall and there's cells on both. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's surreal. And then the guards take you to the gym where they were having the event. And then the tone just changed and it was all love, like just the love that was in there is just it's a different kind of How love cool for you to experience that it's right? it's like, that's a indescribable level. yeah it's, it's indescribable the thing is it's a different type of love because it's almost like like there's they don't want, want anything from you they just want they want to be heard they want that mm-hmm. love back they just want right. you know what I'm saying and so you know there it's it, it was just different and so you know, you're walking around, they're they're coming up to you like, hey, thanks for coming, man, this is such a blessing. But you walk away like, no, I was blessed. Like, yeah. just meeting these guys and the heart that these guys have. And it, it was just, it was just awesome, man. And and so when, I, when I'm when asked to speak, um, when I go to the art shows, I kind of put it out there like, because they ask me like about the art and the stuff that's being, you know, yeah. laid out, sometimes on tables. They create their own easels. They're super creative. They find ways to hang stuff in the gym, and you know it's cool. And they actually have a live band that's playing like some live jazz music. And dude, it's awesome. <laughs> that's like not what I would picture oh, man, like, at all for that environment. Oh, you walk in and they have a live jazz band, like all inmates. Wow. And it's okay. And it's awesome. Like they're top-notch musicians. Like wow. it's awesome. And that's so therapeutic for them. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's Music, next level. art, like, that is yeah. so therapeutic. It's such yeah. a, an important piece to their healing journey of what the, they're going through. The the first time we went in, the the admin was so, like, enthusiastic about us being there. Oh, my God, I'm so glad you guys came. Because they knew we drove eight hours to get there. Yeah. And, well, we left the day before. We got a hotel and because we had to be there at 8.30 in the morning, so... Boom, we had to check in the next morning. Mm-hmm. So they knew that the the time and effort and money that it took it for took us to for be up there, you know. Be there, yeah. So they were just so glad that we did that. The warden approached us before we left and he said, You guys keep doing this, please, because the more that these guys are working on art pieces, the more that they're not getting in trouble. Yeah. So it's a distraction from them, you know, doing drugs, fighting, right, you know, stirring up trouble and so it is therapy and uh and they know that, and they, they realize it, and just the level of creativity that goes into what they do is is just next level, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, you walk in and you hear them talk about, you know, them taking the ink off of uh, newspapers or Skittles or, you know, hey, see this, this is ketchup and that's mustard and this is, wow. you know, and you're just sitting there like, dude, this is insane, like, and the stuff that they make out of nothing, you know, they'll take a radio apart. Yeah, it's just it's it's insane. Like they they do a lot of really cool stuff. So um, so you know just going in there and seeing how the admin in there was was working together with the inmates to make this thing happen. You know, yeah. um, what a great experience for you. Like talk about keeping yourself like in a an environment that constantly keeps you humbled. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, you know, <laughs> um, when when we're asked why you know for the most part um in in the words of jesus like he he had said hey you know when when i was thirsty you you gave me something to drink when i was hungry you fed me when i was naked you clothed me 
when I was in prison, you visited me. When I was sick, you helped heal me. And so, you know, his, his disciples were like, but Jesus, you were never any of those things, you know? Like, and he said, well, for those that have done them for the least of these, you've done it for me. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, if, if Jesus is saying do those things, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it must mean something, yeah. you know? And so to me, you know, you know, the, the Bible tells us that, that we need to, you know, don't forget about the, the widowed and the orphans and the prisoners. And so that's something like that we were, we were doing, you know, we we visit, you know, my wife works at a, a senior living facility here in National City. And if you knew some of the stories, I, sometimes like you have to go in and out because, you know, the seniors, they'll talk your ear off for one, right. you know, but when you hear the stories, you just want to cry and you're just like, oh my God, now I got to go. Right. Because um, just this last week we went and we dropped off um, a bunch of food over there. And uh, and there was, you know, a woman that came up to Taraselli and she started explaining like, oh my God, like you don't even know, like I've been living off of the food that you guys have been bringing because she has nothing left. So she's like, I, I desperately wait for you guys to come and bring more food because I live off of what you guys bring. And we're like, dude, like if we don't know that and we just say, oh yeah, you know, we're too busy this week. We're not going to go, whatever. Like. I didn't know that that it's affecting them like that. Right. That they're they're, de- they're depending, depending on this. Yeah, on you guys. yeah. And since uh, 2016, we've been delivering uh, an average of about 500 pounds of food to the senior living home. And um, you know, we don't. It's like we don't post about it every every week, and right. we d- we just do it, and it's just something that we do, and just like okay, this is. But that's something we do, and people don't really know about it. Um, maybe we should tell more people about it, activate them to go and, and help out because, you know, a lot of that stuff falls on Araceli and Ricardo. And if they're, you know, caught up doing something else, then we don't take it, you know. Yeah. And it, I mean, there is power in social media with, yeah. you know, everything that we do as community, mm-hmm. you know, workers and leaders and, and volunteers and stuff. And I think that would be nice to let people yeah. know the depth of yeah. what you guys are are doing what you guys have been doing yeah. you know i think that that is important so if anybody wants to help yeah contact <laughs> reach out, yeah. Be tagging everybody yeah. reach out stuff and, and don't uh, be afraid right and we have the food we have food here um there's another church that helps provide food um but there's there's plenty like you know come here we'll load you up and then if you can drop it off for us awesome yeah. you know um sometimes like we get so caught up that you know we can't do it and right and then we learn that there's people that are depending on it and uh and it sucks when we can't do it knowing that right you know these people are depending are on depending us. on uh, it and so stuff too i mean i'm thinking of ideas for us and stuff too i have my mentee here um just observing and taking this all in and stuff and wanted her to see um what we did um what i do um, but I also wanted her to hear about Love Thy Neighbor because she is a very in love with community work. Mm-hmm. And I thought that awesome. was important for her yeah. to listen to this podcast yeah. today and really, you know, get to know what you guys do and stuff too. Um, Ruben, well, take me. Before, before sure. we go there, let me, let me touch on that real quick yeah. because I believe, um, and if you listen to any of my podcasts, you'll see I always mention, hey, do you have a mentor? Did you have a mentor? How important is it to, to do that? And, and and the reason I asked that is because I learned that like late in the game like 
um, to have someone that you can go to that is like lived experience. They they already went through it, or or they have that 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 knowledge that they're trying to bring on to you. Um, I have a spiritual mentor. You know, his name's Bo. He's he's the board president, and I go to him for my all things spiritual. You know. Okay. Um, but even like you know, like like Rosie from Community Through Hope, she's kind of like our nonprofit mentor, you know. And, and I, it's important to like have somebody that you can go to and say, "Hey, I was thinking about this," and someone to kind of keep you, you know, kind of focused on some of the stuff. And we've been having to trim the fat, um, you know. Even with like with Rosie, like I've been learning to say no to more stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, so you know, it, it's important to have someone to mentor you um, all throughout every aspect of, of life you know right. and um, and then vice versa when you're ready then you mentor someone else yeah, you know so it, it has to be because I didn't have anybody I mean I had you know I had older cats that, that we hung out with but you know or like the big homies or whatever you want to call them you know yeah. it was like the, the older guys that, right. that we looked up to but um they didn't mentor us in a positive way you know it was more right. like like teaching us the hustle of like you know what i'm saying like yeah. the the dirty work that, that we all Being did in the hood. yeah <laughs> and so and that's how that that's how we grew up you know we grew up you know doing dirt and that's that's what it was but yeah. you know if we had someone that was a positive figure and was mentoring us in a positive direction man we would be different People, I completely, you know. I completely so, agree. And the yeah. program that we're in, it's, it was sad to me when I got into it because I didn't know that the program was available to me when I was her age. You know, and we had talked about that and yeah. stuff too. And we've been together three years now. We just completed our third nice. year um, together, and it's been an amazing experience for me yeah. too. She, I always tell her like you have taught me so much in the last three years about myself. Mm. It's like, you have no idea your effect on me. Yeah. Like, not just you taking from me. I yep. take and give as well. Yeah. You know, so it, it's been a great experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's awesome. Keep yeah. it up. Yeah, it really has. <laughs> and then when you're ready, you mentor someone else. it's your you know, turn it's to give yeah. back. It's important. It's yeah. important. It's a cycle, yeah. you know, giving back to that cycle, right? Yeah. And it's part of that giving and receiving. You yeah. want to take more, then yeah. you need to be willing to give more, yeah. right? Yeah. Not just take, take, take. You have to be able to, you know, yeah. give back to. Yeah. I, I think that's it's it's definitely key because um, there's so many people that are just takers, you know, and uh, you know, hey, if that's how how you operate and that's how you do your thing, do your thing. But you know, we have to lead by example and. Right. I just I tend not to like look right. Hey, so what are they doing over there? What are they doing over there? And I just like focus stay in my lane, focus on what I'm your, doing. Yeah. Um, there, there's a there's a story in the Bible where um, where you know the disciples are in are in a you know they're in a boat and uh, and the boat starts getting all you know all crazy in the wind and the storm and um, and then they look out and they see a figure in the water like someone's walking towards them and they're like what the heck you know who is that and as he gets closer they realize it's Jesus Jesus walking on water you know and uh, and so you know Peter's like is that you Jesus you know and he's like yeah come on you know come out and so he's like what and so he goes out and then he starts walking on water towards Jesus and he's like looking at Jesus and he's walking towards him 
But then he starts looking around, and he starts taking his eyes off, off of Jesus, off, off the focus, uh-huh. and then he sinks. And so Jesus goes, pulls him up out of the out of the water and puts him in the boat. And that's what happens sometimes. When we take our eyes off the focus, you know, we sink. And um, that's kind of where, where a lot of people, you know, fail to realize, like, man, you know, I, cause even me with Love Thy Neighbor, like, We've been so scatterbrained all over the place because we want to help everybody, you know. And then now, (laughs) yeah, it's like, man, we want to help these people over here. And the, the, you know, the immigrants coming from the caravan and we're doing stuff in TJ and the old folks and the, you know what I'm saying? And the prisoners and we're just like, okay, pump your brakes. You know, we got to trim the fat. So, uh, so we've been slowly just trimming the fat on some stuff. That way you're able to stay focused, yeah, right, yeah. on your end mission yep. and getting those results yeah. that you guys are yeah. hoping for. We have to be mission-driven, and right. we're even changing, you know, our, our mission statement and, you know, changing okay. it just because we... Kind of like you guys are revamping. Yeah, yeah, your, that's, that's right. kind of where, where we've been this year. Well, that's and important, too, because that is. shows growth, right? Yep. That shows that you guys have evolved so much from where you started from. Yep. You know, it's kind of like when you set out a business plan for right. a new business, and yeah. then you get six months into it, and you're <laughs> like, I, there's nothing on this business plan <laughs> yep. that my business is actually yeah. doing anymore. That's like, exactly but what it's it a is. good thing, right? And as yep. long as you, you know that and you can accept that growth, because I yeah. think that's hard for a lot of people, too, yeah. right? Yep. It's time to change and grow a little bit and yeah. you know go towards our movement and kind of refocus and redirect yeah. you know um i wanted to touch back ruben on what you did before love thy neighbor um <laughs> and i'll leave that up to you whether if you want to say <laughs> personal life or if you want to say um job wise um just tell us a little bit about you before um love thy neighbor was created um well, I, I came out of the entertainment industry, so uh, it's pretty much all I've known, like my, you know, my adult life, I guess. Yeah. Um, in, uh, I think in 1992 was the first, like, like I guess, big event that I did, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, we've always been doing something, like, you know, I grew up with the guys from POD, mm-hmm. like, so, so, you know, Wolf and Sonny lived two doors down from me. And so they were always, you know, Sonny was more into hip hop. And Wolf was always, in, you know, on the drums and his dad was always. And so, um, you know, I used to rap, you know, back in the day. And oh, so, I heard. <laughs> so I used to rap back in the day. And uh, we rolled with a, a, a group called the Legion of Doom from San Isidro. And uh, so we were part of like their their posse, the one five one posse. You know, so we're a bunch of knuckleheads causing trouble and doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then, Love and Marcos started this this band. They were called uh, Escatas before they were called Pod. Okay. And uh, and so they were just rocking out. Marcos was like screaming and, and you know what I'm saying? Was, <laughs> yeah. So Sunny was in it, Sunny was doing a hip hop thing and then. Um, I think once they became POD, um, I think Sonny's, Sonny's mom had just passed away. And and um, and so, you know, he came, you know, he came to, like, rededicate his life to the Lord. And right. um, and through that, you know, Marcos and Will were like, hey, dude, why don't you join our, our little band over here and let's, let's do something, you know. And so, uh, so Sonny joined and then they revamped and they... They're like, oh, since you're doing hip hop and reggae, like you like hip hop and reggae, like we'll just add it on to the screaming and all the stuff we're doing, yeah. and it just became POD. And so, um, 
so you know we were we started doing some shows together and th- at the time there was really not a lot of like venues to do stuff right. so um, so we were kind of like creating venues like so we'd go to like the boys and girls club and like hey can we borrow your place and you know <laughs> we'll rent it out and let us yeah. do shows you know and so we did a couple of those and then we started doing backyard parties and just trying to blow it up on, a, on another on another level and then um, and then I was still doing dabbling and you know rapping and doing some of the stuff and I think it was in 1994 95 I think it was 95 um, we had the opportunity to open up for Run DMC wow and so um, so that was a big deal you know me and my boy Paco we you know we are called Smooth Roughness back in the day okay check and, you uh, out Ruben <laughs> so so we're on on you know, we got called to do this thing, and and Run DMC, they just they just became like the Christian rap thing. They're doing that, so we're yeah. like, oh, this is cool. And you know, they're my favorite group ever. So I was kind of all giddy backstage. Yeah. But when I was backstage, there was an old guy that was back there, and he was on the old like brick phones. He was like on a big old phone, <laughs> and he was like like you know suit jacket and just an old guy that was like calling the shots and pointing and telling people what to do and where to go and I was like dude I want to I want to put on to that yeah I was like whatever that guy does I want to do what that guy does just because like there's no expiration date yeah but you know you think about nobody wants to see an old rapper you know doing their thing on stage and you know just so I'm like this has an expiration date like that doesn't I was like you know I want to be behind the scenes so I think that was pretty much I think we maybe did one more show after that and um, and then I was like, no, I want to be on the executive side of stuff. So when um, um, PUD's um, label was formed, it's called Rescue Records, mm-hmm. and it was the drummer's dad, Wolf's dad, had formed this. And I, you know, we're kind of under that, you know, branch that label okay. as well. And um, <clears throat> but I was like working for the label, so he was like, hey, um, what do you want to do? Like it's at the point where you're either going to want to be a performer, or you want to be an executive. I was like, I want to be an executive. So uh, so I kind of I became like the vice president and just kind of I left that behind and boom, just hit the, the ground running okay. with that. Um, that was kind of like my four years of college, you know, learning mm-hmm. the industry with them. And then when POD got signed, I want to say it was in 99, um, when POD got signed, um, I had an opportunity to get into the film, like video and film industry. So I jumped into that and I started doing just everything and anything for like I I worked with everybody that was on the West Coast pretty much. Well, no, it was like I had I toured with Snoop and Dub C and Ice Cube and those guys from Westside Connection. I produced the DVD for him, um, The Alcoholics Exhibit. I mean, you name I mean it. that was like R. in Kelly. a prime time of Dude, like music videos, yeah. and we were talking about yeah. that on the way here. Yeah. And I was telling her, I was like, I mean, there was like this prime time yeah. where it didn't matter the level of the in the industry that you were in. Yeah. That was what people were pumping out, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like even if you think about it now, like you can pull off a music video for a couple thousand dollars. If you look at the 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 music video for Pod Alive. Mm-hmm. They probably spent half a million dollars or more on that music video. You know, like they shut down a freeway. They there was a car wreck. I mean, there was so a bash. Oh, and the, I remember you know, the that car like, crash. And so like on MTV, like the yeah. premiere and stuff yeah. of it. <laughs> and it's like, dude, think about like what they did then and now, like, you know, what you could pull off now. You know, 
Right. And so, and, and MTV doesn't play videos anymore, so the outlet's not the same. And it's just, right. it's different. It's, it is. You know, the industry changed, and I think when the industry changed, it, it led me to move back to San Diego. And so, it kind of... Um, Excuse me, we, we have a one o'clock, right? Yep. Okay, cool. Okay. And uh, and so, you know, I just kind of, I, I stayed in the entertainment industry for as long as I could. And then yeah. um, me and Sonny um, started Hefe Clothing. And so, you know, we licensed that out. And, you know, so we're kind of still staying in that in that realm of doing stuff. Right. And, um, and then, you know, I went through, I went through some tough times right about the, that time. So. Um, I went through a divorce and went through kind of, you know, a whole lot of, uh, you know, like, just myself. Like, I, you know, I was good for a little bit, then went through a little depression point and yeah. went through um, kind of just kind of letting loose. Like, all right, forget it, you know, and just It was like a whole off. grieving process that yeah. goes on with yeah. divorce, right? There's yeah. like the steps of grieving and yeah. when you lose somebody, it's the same thing as yeah. divorce. Divorce, you're losing There's no a part of your life, yeah. right? There, yeah. Whether, even if it's a good run or yeah. it was a bad run, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's still a part of your life. Yeah. So obviously I come from a family yeah. of divorce. <laughs> yeah, you know, my, my parents are divorced too. And, and um, you know, it's, it's not anything, um, I don't ever like recommend, like I don't ever like, when people come to me and tell me about what they're going through, I'm like, try to work on it and try to save it as much as you can. Like, but only you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. if it's toxic and it's unsafe and it's unhealthy and it's, you know, then, you know, you do what you got to do, but um, that's between you and God, you know. But, like, I, I would never tell you, you know, to get divorced. But um, I, had, I had a friend of mine come tell me, like, hey, if if your son or your daughter was going through what you're going through and somebody was treating them that way, what advice would you give them? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, ouch. Yeah, and I was, it yeah. became real, you know. Right. So, um, but, you know, I, I went through what I went through and I, I went through my ups and downs and I, I was just kind of like in a dark yeah. time in my life. So I just kind of disconnected and did my own thing and I started partying again and just kind of, you know, you know, even though everything I knew that was good, I was like, okay, cool. I'm just putting all that on pause for a minute. Right. You know, put it like, on the back burner. Yeah. I'm like, okay, church. Okay. Pastor so-and-so, whoever. I'm like, I'm just doing my own thing for now. So let me just do this. And, uh, and with all that, um, I ended up, you know, just coming to my wits and like, dude, what am I doing? Like, yeah. no matter who I was going out with, no matter where I was partying, no matter what I was, you know taken or how much I was drinking or whatever it was it's like I was still empty and it wasn't it it just none of it seemed real like I was just doing it was a facade you know and I was like who do I think I am like you know I I was doing stuff I was putting on these little parties and doing all this stuff and I was like this all seems fake like I'm who who do I think I am to these people like I'm portraying a different image that I'm not like, right. this is not who God made me to be. Right. So I just took a pause, and then in, in, uh, in, at the end of 2013, I was uh, I was driving back up to see my kids in Modesto, and uh, they were living with their mom at the time, and um, I just had a, like, a come-to-Jesus moment, you know, while I was driving there, where um, there was a radio, um, 
there's a, a preacher on the radio that I never heard of. His name's Tony Evans, and um, you know he's a Southern Baptist, like you know those gospel like oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was like I've never been into that. You know what I'm saying? Like I was like oh I'm like okay well I'll just listen, but everything that he said I felt it was towards me and so resonated with you. yeah he, he spoke about um, he was talking about the life of Moses and so um, he the, the whole sermon was about life decisions and he's like Moses when he turned 40 you know he lived he lived to be 120 years old but he lived in three chapters of his life and each one was in 40 year increments you know okay. And so I was like, okay, he turned 40, and then he had to, he made this, like, crucial life decision, and I had just turned 40, and I was like, dude, this guy's talking to me. Yeah, you know? <laughs> well, this so, is directly yeah, at me right yeah. now. <laughs> so I had to come to the, my own, like, decision of, um, am I, am I going to choose to live this life of who I think I am, or am I going right. to go towards what I think God wants me to be right. and so I pulled over and I cried for a little bit and mm-hmm. so I'm like alright God just show me what you want me to do and you know I felt God telling me go get your family back you know and uh, I was like what you know I'm arguing with God like what you know yeah. you can feel that <laughs> yeah. and so I'm just like nah but you know she's been with other people already and I've been with other people already and we're just it, damage has been done it's been years and so um, I went up to Modesto for Thanksgiving and then came back for the toy drive then after the toy drive, I went back up for Christmas, and then, uh, and then I just packed for like a couple of days. You know, I had a like a duffel bag, and I was just like, all right. You know, I stayed in a hotel, and it was like, all right. You know, I'm I'm here, and so the kids were like, oh, so when do you got to go back? I'm like, well, I don't really have to go back any any particular time, and um, so I was, you know, like, hey, do you mind if I stay for New Year's? She was like, all right, you know, cool, stay for New Year's, and then something just kind of started sparking back up between us and you know I was like hey do you mind if I stay a little longer and I ended up staying till like April really yeah. <laughs> Girl, just and a so, little longer so you know we talked about just you know starting all over and and getting back together and you know doing it the right way and trying you know wow. and so like my story isn't a story that you know I'm not trying to give hope to anybody going through divorce I'm just saying this was just my what right. happened with me that was your journey yeah because not not everyone that goes through what we went through is going to go back together but but uh, I happen to and you just have to be real forgiving you know people to really, right on both know, ends on right? both ends yeah. yeah and so that's just you know what happened and so you know I, I did all that um, and even Love Thy Neighbor had already had started you know and um but it was just kind of really still kind of empty and real without direction. And yeah. um, I took a year and spent it in Modesto in 2014. Okay. So from 2014 to 2015, I was still doing stuff, but doing it in Modesto and just on a different, in a different way. Mm-hmm. So I spent um, almost a year uh-huh. in Modesto visiting Juvenile Hall on Sunday afternoons. You know, first, you know, kind of listening but we're kind of doing like these Bible studies with some of these kids and, but kind of more learning from them, kind of like what, what you're yeah. doing. And it was kind of more like, dude, I, I see myself in some of these kids. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, taking all that experience and then coming back to San Diego and just like, okay, I'm doing this and I'm doing it differently and I'm a different person and having to prove to everybody else, like, Hey, the Reuben of two years ago, isn't the Reuben of today. 
So, you know, right. and so that's <laughs> that's kind of where we stood with it, and that's you know, I don't, you know, I don't go out the way I used to anymore. I don't, I don't party the way I used to. I don't put myself in positions like that anymore, and I just keep my focus on on, on God and what I'm supposed to do, and my mission, and my family, and that's it. Uh-huh. So, you know. When, when we take the whole love thy neighbor thing, I take it, taking it serious now, you know, and, and, uh, and, you know, who knows, I'm not saying I'm going to do this forever, but, you know, hopefully, like Araceli or my kids or someone else will take it over, you know, but um, for now, this is where God has me, and I'm, I'm, I feel this is where I'm supposed to be, and mm-hmm. it could change tomorrow, right. you know, but, but I'm, I'm blessed to be where I'm at, and I've really been, been blessed to be able to impact our community and our circles mm-hmm. in ways that I think if I wasn't doing this I wouldn't have been able to do you know and what a beautiful example that you're leading for your children too I mean not just in love thy neighbor but for your children to see what you and your wife have gone through yeah and having that come back full circle for you two in a relationship that's yeah. a beautiful thing for your kids to witness and yeah. experience it's yeah. really cool yeah yeah Sorry. Sorry. I'm doing okay, but the la- last year my uncle passed away on my dad's side, and the year before that my mom passed away on my dad's side. And that reminds me what you were saying of um, the band that his mom had passed away, and it had sparked something in him, like for Jesus, and that's how they had started their whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really interesting because that happened the same thing with my family when that first death had came upon yeah. us, like in my whole family. It was really crazy, and since then I've been joining like so much stuff for church, and my dad has been interested yeah. in that. Helped us a lot. Yeah. I think that's why it's good that you're doing this because you sparked something in other people and that's why something other people are happening. Yeah, you, you know, death is a, um, I think, a common ground that I've related to many people on. Yes. Um, I lost my brother. Um, I lost my mom, like, not even a year after I lost my brother. Yeah. And then, um, you know, my biological father, I never really had like a real like relationship with them but um you know I lost him so like both of my parents you know I've lost um my stepdad I call my dad he's the man who raised me you know um you know I'm still with him but it's it's uh I think death is a common ground and um we realize like through death sometimes um we see we see death in black and white when we hear about like oh, this 20-year-old girl just got shot in La Jolla at a party. Right. And it's like, oh, wow, that really... And you hear, you know, the, the mom crying on the news and you see her in the pain. And it's it's death. Like, oh, my God, this is so sad. I can't believe that just happened. But it's in black and white. And when I realized death in full color, it was when it happened to me and my when family. Hit hit and yeah, yeah, like, I think going through it with with my mom was it took a while to kick in like oh this isn't even real yet you know and so um, P.O.D. has a song where he talks about it's called Full Color and it talks about the the death of his mom and it's in full color and that's the best way I can explain it it's like it's it's death and it's real but it's just not like like as real when it's in full color you know right I think too there's a lot there's the saying that things that are created from nothing are usually created from somewhere in pain 
yeah. right? And, yeah. and I think that's important, like what you're saying too, because I think that a lot of creation does come from a place of a painful thought or a painful scenario or a yeah. painful moment in time, but it's bittersweet because yeah. those painful moments have created something yeah. beautiful. Pain is for a purpose. Yes. I, I always I tell yes. I tell everybody that pain is for a purpose. Yes. And God allows us to go through certain things so that so that we can share them with someone else. Right. You know, to me it's like anytime that you're given any kind of gift, it's not for you, it's for someone else. Right. You know, and and you know, it's even pain because I can't even tell you how many people I've been able to to be there for or relate to or understand the pain because of the pain that I've been through with my mo- with my mom or or divorce you know with my brother like it's it's just things that that I wish wouldn't have happened to me but I'm glad that I was able to help someone else through right, that because if you, know? you didn't have that experience that person next to you wouldn't have gained so much yep. from you because yep. you were able to connect you yep. were able to relate and I think yep. that's just human nature yeah. we want to be able to relate and connect to people I think that's why sharing stories is so yeah. important you know storytelling yeah. is a really important part because i believe every time i share a piece of me someone else can take something from yeah. that you know and yeah. that and that keeps me going yeah. you know on on things like this um what um you know taking you've taken a lot of risk in the industries that you've been in you've been in industries where it's easy to get in and out of and I'm sure you've seen lots of people come yeah. in and out of these types of industries yeah. um, and being an entrepreneur and starting you know, something from scratch. What advice would you give to people out there that are wanting to create something right now and just are um, missing that, you know, some key components to actually making it come to life and make it happen? I would say um, me learning from my own um, mistakes or failures is... Uh, is be laser focused because um, even with love thy neighbor like I'll, I'm the first to say like dude we're all over the place we're like scattered but I, if if I would tell anybody anything I would say um, be great at one thing instead of eh, alright okay. at many uh-huh. yeah and that's what I feel <laughs> I am like oh yeah I can produce music videos I can shoot I can do podcast I can do I, I can do all this stuff okay but I don't I can't say I'm the greatest at any of them you know what i'm saying like yeah like i can get by yeah i can i can do it but to be great at one thing like i would say just focus on one thing and be great at that and you know just find a mentor and find someone who already went through it and help them kind of guide that that it's needed um yeah those are some of my mistakes and and don't let ego get in the way yeah um you know, even, you know, quick story with, with even with, like, Hefe Clothing, um, we had an opportunity to, to sell to Walmart. Mm-hmm. And um, and this was in, like, 2005, 2006, something like that. Okay. And so uh, we, were, we were becoming a, a cool brand, you know, like, wow, this is something by Latinos for Latinos. And yeah. it's, you know, we're getting, like, a, a lot of play, you know, overseas and... Uh, people were buying our stuff in Spain, like by the bulk. Like it was like super cool to see it grow. And so when we got approached to do Walmart, we're like, "Are you crazy? Like that's brand suicide. Like our brand would die right now if we put our, our stuff in Walmart. Like mm-hmm. done, you know." And um, 
I think that was probably one of the biggest mistakes I've made. Really? I, I, I believe so. Just because, um, I mean, th- me personally, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, a brand like Tribal, they, they're they a different animal and a different beast. Yes. Like, so they've lasted 30 years, 30 years. for a reason right. and the way that they are. But not everyone's going to be Tribal. Mm-hmm. And not everyone's meant to do what Tribal does, right. you know. And, um, and so with us, you know, I think what we wanted to do was build something, sell it off, and then start some, like entrepreneurs, you know? And so um, I think, you know, me, I think we should have just went like, okay, cool, Walmart, what do you want? And then we build it up and we sell it and we move on, you know? And and so instead of the, the brand being worth, you know, a couple million, you know, we just went on to like, okay, we grew to a certain level and let it go, you know? Right. But, um, I think our egos got, or my ego got in the way of like, nah, nah, I don't want to do that. We're, we're too cool for that. Right. You know? And, but I think if we would have done that, then like, who's, who's too cool to pay bills? Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> too like, cool to pay your rent? Yeah. Like, no, no, I wish I would have taken all that and we could have yeah. still been living off of all that, you know? Yeah. So it just, I think it just all depends on, on how you look at stuff, but just don't let your ego get in the way. You okay. Know? Um, what is what's next for Love Thy Neighbor? I know there's so much going on, but what can um, you share well, that we're, you can put out? We're we're transitioning our focus to uh, youth diversion and reentry, okay, and uh, through the arts. So um, so we're working with some. Um, I hate to use the word at risk youth, but um, we're hoping to change that narrative and mm-hmm. maybe change it to at hope. So we're going to work with Ooh. some at hope youth, okay, and. Um, and so we got this coffee cart that we're doing as a social enterprise, and that'll be stationed in the, the library in South Chula Vista on 3rd and Orange, or 4th and Orange. Okay. And, um, and then we'll have a second one at the Civic Center Library. And so we're going to be hiring some, uh, some youth to run that for us. And, um, and then, you know, want to kind of give them some work experience. Yeah. Um, so it's not going to be a full-blown cafe yet, but it'll yeah. be like a little coffee station, station that we yeah. could, you know, kind of help build on that and, uh, and you know, help, help give back a little bit to Love Thy Neighbor at the same time. Yeah. And then, uh, so we're just kind of reshifting our focus. We're working on a partnership with San Diego PD right now to create a, a youth diversion program where we can go into the schools and do assemblies. Um, bring in some of the people that we work with. Oh, that'd you be know, great, so. too, because I feel like, um, you know, being a person born in the early 80s, I feel like the 90s was such, like, a, a big moment in schools yeah. for stuff like that. I remember always having assemblies. We always yeah. had people coming in. Yeah. And in elementary school, I was at Los Altos in, in um, Del Sol. Mm-hmm. And it was just something that was so routine. Yeah. And then by the time my sisters were in school, they didn't have stuff like that anymore. Yeah. They didn't have people yeah. sitting down and relating with these kids yeah. and giving them, you yeah. know, the world that is yeah. out there and bringing yeah. it to them directly to them so it's really awesome yeah we we started doing some last year so we brought in um sunny from pod we brought mm-hmm. in frankie J. Mm-hmm. brought in ray mysterio brought in andy vargas from santana mm-hmm. and um so we're able to to create these like little mini programs so we yeah. did a uh, um, creative writing programs where we had kids like um kind of write essays on what they would do to help their community and help the homeless and, and, and help the senior citizens in their community. And the winners, we gave them bicycles. 
so we did like these little uh, mini little contests you know and so we had Rey Mysterio come out and give out the bikes and do all the stuff so that was kind of cool for the kids you know it's so great too by the way to see all these old school people that I grew up with <laughs> because they're still all around my ages um, to see them so much in the community right now and doing these things have been pretty awesome to go to your guys' event and see familiar faces that yeah. have done a lot in the community yeah. but see them still being so strong right now um, yeah. in their presence yeah. um, is really nice to see you know yeah. and going to your guys's event and seeing you know Kino um, there and just like sharing stuff for me growing yeah. up watching someone like that and then yeah. still seeing him being so involved yeah. you know it, it's a beautiful thing to yeah. see all you guys give back so yeah. much you know and the crazy thing with you Ruben is that the last couple years we've been so connected through all of this community work and I knew my family knew you and I knew my <laughs> uncle knew you and I knew you know my cousin Tony Ray and stuff and it was kind of crazy when I finally asked you like how you met my uncle um and then comes to turn out like you and I have met in different areas in mm. our life before mm. and I never even realized that I didn't realize that you did work with tribal seeds that excuse me i was in that video um <laughs> stevie and tony Ray, don't forget that um but well, you, you gotta tell that story well <laughs> i was telling her on the way here too you gotta tell that story. um so way back in the day this was quite a few years ago yeah. 20 something years yeah. ago maybe um tribal seeds was doing a music video that ruben was directing um and we went to go be extras um me a couple of my cousins and some friends of mine we went to go be extras there and while we were there the song that stevie was singing was beautiful mysterious and they needed a i guess a leading role for a girl to play where stevie was going to be serenading her through the hallways (laughs) of montgomery high school which is where our parents graduated from which was a cool thing um and out of all the girls that were there i got picked and i don't remember who um, approached me and who picked me it may have been you yeah, probably. Um, and asked me if I was interested and of course me being me I was like uh, yeah in front of a camera I was like yeah put me on um, and it was the most uncomfortable thing for my cousin Stevie now yep. he was very young yeah. probably I think he was like 17 or something I think he 16, I was 17. At high school. Maybe he was just starting high school. Yeah, yeah he, he was, was pretty young. young. Yeah. He was so uncomfortable by the idea of singing to his cousin. Yeah. It totally killed the yeah. vibe. <laughs> it was yeah, something yeah. like you couldn't change the expression on his face yeah. to make it look better. Like it uh, was just there's no coming back. So yeah. it was just funny when I finally asked you, like, how'd you even get connected with my uncle? Uh, and you tell me about this music video, and I'm standing there like. That was me. Yeah. Like, wait, like, you're the girl. It never got released. Yeah, uh, and you're all, you're the cousin? Uh, I was like, yeah, that was me. Was um, and then come to find out when another conversation we had later had was, I think we were talking about POD, and I said, um, Sunny was my youth group leader when I was in high school, um, my freshman year, my sophomore year of high school. Um, at Mission Valley Christian Fellowship and that was another connection that you and I had and I did not even know so it's just it's really wonderful how life does that and puts certain people in your path that you're already connected with and you don't realize that and then you get to these points in life and you're like wow like this connection was meant to be it was already there developing without me knowing it and I think that's what 
kind of reassures us in our paths of what yeah. we're doing and what we're putting out there. Yeah. You know, and it's amazing. Yeah, it, it's 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 crazy just to see it all like come back full circle, like right. knowing you know I had connected with your uncle and 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 even like tribal seeds and like where they're at now and they're just like blown up and then you know and then them helping us you know with this little coffee venture we're doing you know and and, um they just donated a van to love thy neighbor and all these like cool things that like are so behind the scenes yeah that nobody even crazy because you and that's i think there's there's some type of power in that too of like you know staying humble in what you're doing too because I mean tribal seeds can put that stuff and post it out on their social media and reach you know thousands of people to see like hey look what we did we you know donated this and you don't hear anything about it right and like my uncle's sitting here collaborating working with you and I had no idea what was going on behind the scenes yeah he's helping us with this festival yeah and uh and just he you know, he's helping us with this coffee business. And, so, shout know. out to you, Uncle Tonio. There you <laughs> <Tonio>. go. <laughs> but, yeah, that's one, of, that's one of the things. You know, we got the coffee business. And then uh, I think the big thing right now is, uh, you know, not just that we're doing the Youth Diversion thing, but we had this other thing just land. And, well, it just got approved a couple weeks ago, um, two weeks ago, is um, we're doing a festival, a music festival at the... I still call it the Coors Amphitheater, but yeah, <laughs> sleep train, cricket, whatever you want to call whatever it. Whatever uh, it is right now. Uh, the North Island Credit Union uh, Amphitheater. Yeah, that's what it is. And uh, Santana was just there. Yeah. Um, so it's a huge festival. I think it holds probably like 25,000, 30,000 people. Yeah. And uh, there's no way we're ever going to get that many people there. But, uh, but you know, we're hoping at least, you know, 5,000 people, you know. Okay. And uh, so... We're in talks with a couple bands, you know, hopefully P.O.D., you know, Frankie J., mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh, your uncle's helping us with a couple bands, so um, it's just one thing that's like, we have to just go go big. Right, you know? full force, so, so yeah, everything so, into it. So, um, you know, I mean, I'm just, I'm trying to not be overwhelmed about it and still, but you know, it's a music and arts festival, so we're really trying to get the community involved. So we're gonna have a community-based art show. We're gonna have, um, and we're inviting the schools to get involved. Um, I'm gonna invite uh, the band over at Southwest High to come get involved with Frankie J and do yeah. a song with him on stage. You know, yeah. and um, you know, just be something different. And if, you know, hopefully if we, you know, if we get POD, then it's like we'll invite the Montgomery High School band to come up and maybe do Youth of the Nation or something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like, how yeah. cool would that be? Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, we're still like kind of reaching out to a couple other bands right. and seeing. That's a know, lot of community can... love right there. Yeah, yeah, that and so we're you know we're gonna be looking for booths. Um, we have a couple artists that are gonna be involved. We're gonna be showing some prison art, um, and so I want to ask all the like the high schools and all the uh, the the school districts to involve their art programs. Yeah. So I was like, who you know whoever you have that's an artist like. Have them come show their work, and we want to create like a little art pavilion, yeah. and just like a little gallery, you know. So, I think um, involving the com- if you want the support from the community, you got to involve the community. Yes. And so, absolutely. to me, I'm like, well, what other way to do it? Let's get the high schools in, you know. Yeah. And so, I think it's going to be big. Um, you know, we're we're uh, it's overwhelming, but it, it's yeah. it's going to be a it's beautiful a lot of work. thing. <laughs> and so, and we want to bring bring awareness to. Um, 
to some of the youth diversion issues that are going on and then the unsheltered. Um, you know, it's huge here in Chula Vista, but San Diego is one of the largest um, unsheltered communities, you know, and, um, and a lot of people, they turn a blind eye to it or they want to get involved and all they know how to do is just, we're going to go take sandwiches down to the whatever, the shelter, whatever, and there's so much more that more you could do. More that you can do, yeah. And so it'll be about educating some of the people on whatever level they want to get yes. involved in. Yeah. Um, some people, that's all they want to do is just feed, um, but you can come here and see how much more there is to do, you know? Right. And, uh, and like, we have a whole donation station here. We have a thrift store here. Like, there's a lot that you can get involved and do. You have a thrift and store, too? There's a thrift store. I'll, I'll show you right now. And Whoa, so, yeah, there's, okay. there's, a, there's a lot going on. Wow. And so, you know, it's part of educating as well. So it's not just about um, going out and, and feeding the homeless. It's about what are the next steps after that. Right. So, you know, it's 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 a lot because um, we've sat in meetings with the with the mayor of Chula Vista and and, uh, and the police department. They have a hot team, the homeless outreach team here, that Rosie works really close with, and she's a part of that. And so, um, and I've even gone out on the out on the field with the homeless outreach team just to see what they do and how they do it. Um, but it's it's there's a lot of there's mental illness issues, yeah. there's drug treatment issues. Um, there's people it's almost like identity theft like homelessness has stole my identity like you know people don't you know they, if they don't have phones and they don't have IDs and they just continue to go into the the justice system there's a lot of stuff that gets stolen from them that that you know it takes a while to get back, back you know yeah. so um, you know sometimes you know people they're just down on their luck it doesn't mean that they're you know, drug addicts. It doesn't mean that it's just, it could be anything. There's people living out of their vehicles. So there's, um, you know, safe parking programs that are, that are involved. Yes. Um, there's kids that are doing homework in the backseat of, of cars, you know, that people don't really like think about. Think about you know? right. So, you know, it's, we want to bring awareness to all those things. And we're hoping yeah. that with this music festival, it's, it's, it's not just something you come to to hear a couple of cool bands, but right. You you're gonna walk away. To yeah, light you're gonna walk away with something. So, yeah. um, so we're saying, you know, it's it's community and cause. Yeah. So, you know, you're gonna come and kind of learn something as you're enjoying something. You right. know, so edutainment. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, so <laughs> um, it'll be cool. Well, coming to the end of this episode, Ruben, is there anything that you want to leave the listeners with, whether if it's about you personally or uh, love thy neighbor? Um. You know, just personally, just thanking everyone who's who's um, who's believed in us, you know, throughout the years and the continued support. Um, you know, we've been doing this for a long time, so I, I, I'd like to say we've kind of proven ourselves to like who we are and what we do, and right. that we're real and we're legit and we're doing stuff. And you know, it, it's there's a lot of people, especially in the beginning, they're like. Well, how do I know you're not going to sell the stuff I give you? Or am I going to see you at the swap meet or whatever? Right. How do I know and where my like, money's going? Yeah. <laughs> and so we invite people to, to come be a part of, of what we're doing so you can see it firsthand and experience yeah. it. Um, there's people that, you know, they're like, dude, it's life-changing when we go down there to deliver the toys. You know, like, just come down on, you know, in December and give toys with us and just see it firsthand. So we don't just go to orphanages and the shelters, but we go to, like, neighborhoods mm-hmm. as well. So... You're offering the experience. Yeah, of what that's you guys the important do. part. Right, so right. it's not just about 
Um, you know, we do one big event a year. This year we're going to do it um, at uh, Coronado Beach Harley. Okay. It used to be Sweetwater Harley in National City. Yeah. And, um, and so that'll be December 14th is the big toy drive, and we'll have, you know, bands and all the stuff there. Yeah. But so it's not just about coming to that event, dropping off a toy and having a good time. But the week after that, when we go down to TJ and deliver, like that's the big payday when you get to see the kids smile and the kids like enjoy it. Yeah. And so um, that's the part that we're saying, like, come to that. Come when we go do the, the visits at the shelter, right. you know. Like Kino, you could talk to Kino about it. Like he's seen it firsthand. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and so it's it's all these things that that you know, it when you see it from a distance it's like, Oh man, well that sucks. But when you walk through there and you actually live it and you hear the stories and you talk to the kids, you're just like, Wow, this sucks. You know, right. it just it's a different feeling. It's a, yeah. And, and so same yeah. thing, you know, when we do the prison visits and we do all that stuff, it's it's just indescribable. So, um, you know, I just want to encourage everybody, you know, whether it's with Love Thy Neighbor or Community Through Hope or South Bay Community Service or whoever is out there, you know, like yeah. it doesn't have to be a Love Thy Neighbor thing. It's not like just go out just and do something. Involved. Yeah, go do something. Take it to the next yeah. level of being involved and, in the community. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think we've proven ourselves enough to where, you know, you can come sit with us and see where the money goes. Like, I'm not driving anything fancy. I'm not living in a freaking mansion. We're not, you know what I'm saying? We're not living lavish. Like, you know, I don't take a salary from that neighbor. I wish I could, you know, but, uh, like, you know, we're just, we're doing it. And this is for the community. This is for the people, by the people, for the people. And so this is what, what we do and this is where we're at, you know. So, um, you know, I, I always... I appreciate any time anybody offers to like share my story or share my journey. So, you know, thank you for doing what you do as well. And um, everybody loves to talk about themselves so I can go on, on and on, you know, about <laughs> what? what we do. But, but, uh, I'm shocked I right appreciate now. <laughs> it. <laughs> so I appreciate it. Good looking out. No, well, I appreciate you, Ruben. I appreciate what you do for the community. I appreciate seeing you, you know, and seeing Love Thy Neighbor's name where I go and being out in the community and seeing that that name is out there is really something special Um, and that you guys have been doing it for a while and you know Soy Chingona is here to help with whatever you guys need and you know thank you um, absolutely because that's something that community work is there's just no other feeling like it you know and if I want to my communities to support the things that I do then I must get involved stay involved and give back yeah Yeah, I think um, to gain the support from the community you have to support the community and so um, I think you know when when you give a platform to people in the community it's important because um, not everybody gets to share their story. Not everybody gets to hear what they do. And right. I can guarantee that some people that listen to my podcast don't listen to yours and yeah. don't listen to, you know, half the other ones, but right. vice versa, you know. Right. So ears that are listening to your stuff, like, they get to hear what we're doing and what we're talking about. And so it's important, I think, um, giving a platform and giving a voice to people that otherwise wouldn't have one is yeah. is important. Yeah. So keep doing what you do because it's you, it's a blessing you know definitely a blessing so you thank know, you keep it up i appreciate that very much you. um again thank you for letting me um be in the space and thank you for letting me bring gisela here and you oh, know yeah, so I think she it's can awesome. experience too yeah. so it was a really cool yeah. thing for both of us to yeah. do together too and yeah. and to be you know 
open up this story on yeah. on my platform was really important to me yeah. um, because there was no way I could keep seeing you out <laughs> in the community doing things and not have yeah. you come share. Yeah. Like it was just you know no matter uh, where I was, like I just kept yeah. running into you and, and your yeah. people, and it was just like I said, a beautiful thing you guys have created, and you guys are doing so much more, and it does seem like you're just really driven in your lane that you're in right now and so yeah. that's really important and really awesome to yeah. see so yeah, that means a lot thank you thank you thank, thank you for you. being part of it and to my listeners until next time fist up chingonas <laughs>